Welcome. Welcome back. We are back, people. The Devereaux Committee of Pro Wrestling. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> Look, I understand you guys don't like when I take the breaks that I take, but sometimes I got to take them breaks, you know. Uh, I, I, I do a lot of stuff besides, you know, podcasting. Uh, you know, I, I am the CEO of Pro Wrestling Express. I do run Angry Kids 24-7 radio. I have another show. I mean, come on, guys. But anyway, we back, baby. We back. We back in a building. Yeah, we got something to talk about. First and foremost, I want to say congratulations to one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Goodness gracious, man. I, I remember being 10 years old. Uh, actually, nine, first time I saw Rick uh, in 87, 88 maybe, and 10, first time I saw, I saw Scott. Uh, but these two guys, man, they meant so much to me as a child. Um, them, them first five years of the Steiner brothers run, uh, in pro wrestling as a tag team, you know, meant a lot to me because, you know, I always wanted to be able to team up with my little brother and, you know, go out there. One of my brothers, little, you know, older, but to go out there and, uh, and wreak some havoc, win some tag titles and so forth. And um wasn't able to do that, but um, you know, uh we did it in the neighborhood, especially me and my brothers, but we was taking little dudes out like flat out when we was kids. But anyway, um, but the Steiner brothers, man, they going to the Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Fame. I'm so proud of those guys. I'm so excited. I think I mean I, I, I was gonna watch the the ceremony. I was thinking about it, but I'm definitely watching it now because just to see Scott Steiner and what he's going to do for his speech. I mean, what's, what's Scott going to say? What is the big booty daddy going to say? What's big Papa Pump going to say? I can't wait. Oh, my goodness. But, um, yeah, man, like, I'm, I'm just so happy about the Steiner brothers going into the WWE Hall of Fame. And, um, you know, that's how I wanted to start the show out. Um, you know, and I'm going to do a lot, pretty much a little bit of freestyling uh, this show. Uh, you know, first show back, new season. Yeah. Also, have you been checking us out on Spotify? We've been releasing some of the old uh, Devereaux Committee episodes, uh, podcast and video. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you can go check us out on Spotify under the Angry Kids 24-7 uh, uh, tag and so forth. Look us up, Stefan Devereaux Show, um, the Devereaux Committee of Pro Wrestling. You know how we do it. You know, we got some things going on over here. But anyway. Yeah, man. Hello. Uh, before the news of the Steiner brothers, you know, going into the hall of fame for that broke, uh, I was going to talk about and start to show up, um, just my thoughts and, you know, on probably one of the greatest, greatest wrestlers, uh, of all time, uh, for damn sure top 10. Um, and that's Mr. Scott Hall, Scott, man, man. I was serious. Okay, so this past year, you know, me personally, uh, since May, I've lost, you know, a few important people to me. Um, one was New Jack uh, last May, May of 2021, and uh, Michael Blade, uh, Mike Ronco, May of 2021. Uh, now, a lot of people may not know who Michael Blade is, but Michael Blade was uh, a great mentor 
you know, to a lot of the young guys in the Pittsburgh area. Um, he was a mentor to me for some time. You know, I, uh, when I first got into business, uh, Blade, I used to be able to call Blade and, you know, just pick his brain. And, um, you know, I was ready to leave the business and Blade kept me in, uh, made me stay. And I was 18 years old. So, um, but then, you know, uh, losing Scott Hall, uh, just really, 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 you know, put everything into perspective and how much, you know, what these guys meant to me, how much I love this business, you know, uh, yeah, I hate on it a lot. Yes, I do. And I'm a part of the thing, you know, but what I do with Pro Wrestling Express is I try to make it, you know, fun for me again, you know, and if it's going to be, I guarantee you, if it's fun for me, if I can, what they could say, mark out over a product, I know the fans will, because I can think like a fan, you know, um, unlike some of these so-called promoters and bookers who are in their little bubble and, you know, that's why y'all ain't drawing now, bums. Anyway, um, but Scott Hall, man, you know, one of the greatest characters of all time, Razor Ramon. Uh, and that's what I want to talk about. Um, the lack of characters in this business, you know, the lack of characters in this business, the lack of Scott Hall, I mean, the lack of Razor Ramones, you know, uh, Razor Ramon, it's so funny because, you know, a little black kid like myself, you know what I'm saying, from the what we call the hood, you know, <laughs> but a little black dude, you know what I'm saying, from the hood, that uh, I loved Razor Ramon. And I wasn't the only one, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, all the other kids in my neighborhood, we loved Razor Ramon because he was just cool. Oh, yeah, Chico. You know what I'm saying? Like, the way he just talked, you know, that Chico. I mean, the way he just talked, that's what made people in his look. The gold chains, everything. Tell her the the uh, the ring attendant, the ring announcer. If something happened to my gold chico, something gonna happen to you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he was just real. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody knew a Razor Ramon. You know what I'm saying in my neighborhood, like flat out. So that's why, um, you know, uh, when he was fighting, you know what I'm saying. I posted a picture of one of the segments from the segment that he did or a vignette that he did down there where he was uh down in uh miami and he's around he's like sitting down on a, like one not on, on the steps you know what i'm saying uh somebody's house or whatever and there's like a bunch of black kids all around him and they just chilling with razor and he's just chilling like it's like yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying like, i'm showing them what it's about to, what they about to be me you know what i'm saying like so razor is my dude man i swear like i, I miss him so much uh miss razor ramon the character uh miss those type of characters um, also, uh, you know, like, man, dude was a game changer. Like he walked through that crowd, May 27th, uh, 1996, he walked through that crowd and he grabbed the microphone and by him saying that first line changed the business forever, you know, and I was on screen and a lot of dudes don't understand like what Razor did behind the scenes because man, look, when he start making money, he made it possible for other guys, you know, to start making a ton of money. Because, I mean, let's be real, you know the story why he left the WWE. It was over money. He wanted to stay, but he had to feed his family. I get it. Um, and he went down there and changed the game. He and Kevin Nash, you know, and then eventually Hulk Hogan. But um, without Scott Hall, without, you know, Razor Ramon, uh, the NWO would have never have been as big as it became um, because it was his charisma, you know, it was that made it cool. And Big Daddy cool, you know what I'm saying? Diesel, you know, Kevin Nash, yeah, he was cool. Come on, man. He was not Razor Ramon. You know what I'm saying? He did all, all that. I mean, come on, man. NWO for life, everything. He made it cool. Um, and 
even somewhat he was playing a character, you know. Um, and I'll go back to, you know, Scott Hall when he was an AWA tag champion with Kurt Henning. Uh, you know, he wasn't bland. You know, it was just big Scott Hall, you know, uh, with those those type of AWA wrestlers at the time. You know, just a guy with a name who looks big, got the muscles and, you know what I'm saying, some girls like him. Hey, it worked. But uh, um, when he became the diamond stud, you know, that was the thing about it, I swear. Um, you know, I wasn't into the dirt sheets back then, you know. Uh, and when he debuted in WCW, I'm like, I can't put my finger on this dude. I know this dude from somewhere. Like, why can't I put my finger on it? You know what I'm saying? Because he, he looked different. So when he went to W when he went to the WWE and became Razor Ramon, it was the same thing. Like, I know this dude from somewhere. Like, I know this dude. And then one day it clicked. I was watching the old AWA matches, you know, uh, from a tape that I don't remember how I got, but watching the matches and and I'm looking and I'm like, wait a minute, you know. No, there's no way. How did I miss that? When I realized that, you know, Razor Ramon was Scott Hall, you know, it messed me up. I ain't gonna lie, bro. It messed me up. Uh, Because to me, you know, like he he just completely changed. He was a completely different look, you know. Uh, Remember, he had the big puffy Afro looking type hair in AWA. By the time he got to the WWE, you know, uh, even a diamond stud looking WCW, his hair was, you know, uh, was straight looking and uh, greasy and, you know, curly, a little bit still. But, um, and then the one important, the one thing that got me was the mustache. When he removed the mustache, that's what, that's what threw me off. Because when I realized and I looked at his eyes when I'm watching that match, I'm like, dude, look for me. And then they, you know what I'm saying? A mustache. Because uh, I, I might have been what? 13, 14 at the time when I realized this. But it was just really weird to me, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, but that Razor Ramon character, there will never be another Razor Ramon. Um, if you never heard the stories of how he came up with the gimmick, you know, of course, it's a Scarface gimmick. And a cross between Scarface and uh, Scarface's partner, Tony and uh, and his partner, Manny. Um, but if you go and watch some of these shoot interviews that he's done, he's done a ton of shoot interviews everywhere. Um, you can find him, you know, with Scott Hall on YouTube or whatever. Um, but, you know, he goes into how he came up with the, the gimmick and how he and Kurt Henning were pitching it to Vince. And Vince was just, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because Vince had never seen Scarface. So he thought this was new. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this is something new. Oh, this guy's a genius, you know. But, I mean, let's be real. He was a genius. I mean, to do this gimmick, to bring this gimmick to professional wrestling, that's that's genius, man. And Scarface is Scarface. Let's be real. He's the most, you know what I'm saying? He's a ruthless drug dealer. And he brings that to professional wrestling. And he's not a drug dealer. He's just a ladies' man who can, who's badass. You know what I'm saying? And then, uh, excuse me. Need that water. But um, when he uh, eventually turned babyface, you know what I'm saying? The fans turned him. The fans turned him. I mean, let's just be, look, look. That storyline was so well done. You know, he loses to the one, two, three kid. He takes him, you know, for granted, loses to the one, two, three kid. The, all these wrestlers who are running their mouth, talking stuff on him, like, oh, I can't believe you got Bret Hart running his mouth. You got this guy uh, running his mouth about him. And then he, you know, comes back, puts the money up, run two, three kids, steals the money. You know, then he go, comes back, 
Uh, I can't remember exactly how it break how it happens, but he ends up, you know, being friends with the kid, and you know, the rest is history. Um, then the kid turns on him, and you know, the rest is history. anyway. Uh, but so I was thinking of some of his good matches and feuds. I don't really remember his matches with Bret Hart all like that. Um, I remember uh, an angle, you know, that they did uh, to help promote that that, that feud. Uh, angle was Owen Hart sitting in there with uh, Raymond Rougeau and they're interviewing him and Raymond's talking about Owen's dad and his dad taught him this and, and this and that and, and out of nowhere come Razor Ramon, did daddy teach you this? Oh my goodness, did daddy teach you this? <laughs> did your daddy teach you this, man? <laughs> I mean, let's hey, uh, <laughs> hey man, I know. Did your daddy teach you this, man? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> hey, look, the reason why that's so funny is because my brother's in now, and uh, my cousin Noopy, R.I.P. Noop, you know what I'm saying? We reenacted that scene a thousand times as kids. Because <laughs> that was just the funniest scene ever, like, yo. And then, did your daddy teach you this, man? <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Yes. R.I.P. Razor Ramon, man, I swear, dude, R.I.P.'s gone all, man. We definitely miss you. Going to miss you. Uh, we're going to miss guys like you, characters like you, bro. I mean, we don't got too many legends. You know what I'm saying? We got some. We don't got the legends that was coming out here doing the indie shows and doing the, uh, you know, fan, uh, the fan fest and conventions. I mean, you got some guys who were stars back in there, but not on a level of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and, and uh, Hogan and Flair and those guys. I mean, because, yeah, I put Scott Hall and Kevin Nash on that level. People could say, oh, Kevin Nash couldn't wrestle, but guess what? He's money. And it, it don't matter if he didn't draw as a, the, the, the WWF champion. He drew money, a part of the NWO. And when he drew money, they didn't just draw money. They changed the game. They changed the game. Game changers. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but a little heartbreaking, you know, Triple H, you know, I was going to get into that a little bit. Um, yeah, <laughs> get into Triple H a little bit. Uh, you know, retiring from the ring, he says forever, you know. Um, some of these guys, man, you learn to appreciate it a little bit more uh, when these guys are retiring, you know and uh leaving the business and passing away i mean like seriously you learn to appreciate uh what they contributed a little bit more because i'll tell you this man so i was watching um a video of Shawn michaels undertaker and uh triple h and they were talking about the undertaker versus triple h match at mania with Shawn michaels as the special guest referee and how um you know, Undertaker went 20 and no, and I still to this day believe that should have been his last match. Should have been done, but it is what it is. Um, And watching these guys, you know, watch this match and appreciate what each one of them brought to that match. Appreciate what each one of them brought to that storyline that was four years. Four years, bro. People forget that. Um, the story in that match, man, Triple H, I was not a big fan of Triple H. Never thought of his promos. Yeah. I seen Nikita Koloff cut the same type of promo, but anyway, (laughs) 
but I respected his storytelling ability. And um, that's one thing that we are missing in this business is those type of guys who can tell those type of stories. Sean's gone, Taker's gone, Triple H is gone now. You know, uh, let's be honest, Razor Ramon was one of those guys, you know, who was able to tell those type of stories. Name some guys who can still tell those stories, who could tell those type of stories. I mean, that, that match is a movie. Let's be real. Go back and watch that match. And if they sat there and, and stretched it out for an hour and a half and gave you some insight, you know, it would sell because that match was a movie. It was a movie. Um, you know, Triple H, you know, Undertaker, great storytellers. Uh, Shawn Michaels, great storyteller. You got those three guys in one match and it's like, bang. And then Triple H, he retires. You know, I was, I was appreciating him more when I watched that and realized, and then he retired. It's not, you know, health reasons. Yeah, yeah. It's not because he wants to, but it's health reasons. And uh, I get it. You know, I completely get it. Uh, this man loves being in that ring. And uh, he loves teaching those kids in that ring. Not just you know, what he does outside of the ring and behind the scenes. He loves teaching those kids inside of the ring. Randy Orton, you know, Batista. He likes teaching. That's the one thing I, I can't respect about him. I say that he he drove me crazy because he, he went to Indy-rific with the talent, you know, in NXT and so forth. And I think that's what hurt him low-key um, as an executive because he, he was just so, like, hell-bent on pleasing smart marks. And that wasn't where NXT should have been gone. You know, um, the smart marks are no disrespect to the dudes, but who are they? Are they buying tickets? Not really. Are they paying? They're not really. Those casual fans, that's where your money's at. Those were, that's where your ratings are at. And NXT just didn't have that because these guys look like dudes we could see on indie shows. It's the truth. Like seriously, I mean, they they're they're straight up indie guys, and um, it just didn't it didn't have a good look. Um, that's why I think AEW is suffering in the same you know because they're most of the talent besides some of the big name guys, big name guys they so called have because if they were so called big name guys, they wouldn't be just sitting around a million viewers a week. But it's the problem, and I think that was his biggest issue. You know, he couldn't get past that. You know, remember, in OVW, uh, with Jim Cornette and Danny Davis and those guys was putting together, they was putting together, God, the elite of the elite. Under this, you know, umbrella, their developmental territory, they was teaching these guys how to get there. Why do you think the greatest WWE class in the past 20 years? Hmm. I'll say 22 years. No, 20 years. It's been 20 years. It's still that class. It's still the Batista, Brock, Shelton, Cena, Rico. Why do you think that is still the best class? Because those guys came out and became superstars and drew money. Not all of them, but Brock, Randy, superstars. Cena, superstar. Batista, superstars. That's four superstars. I'm probably missing a few here and there with 
was Charlie down there? Charlie, the hostel? I don't remember, but I'm probably missing some people from there. But these guys went on to become superstars. And I don't think and Triple H just didn't get that. You know, um, wrestlers are supposed to be larger than life. Just had a Zoom meeting last night um, with some legends, some PWX legends, and we were talking about the same thing. Wrestlers, you know, are supposed to be larger in life, larger than life to the average fan, which is supposed to be kids and families. Okay. And uh, that's what made Hulk Hogan so special to me when I was a child. So made him so special to me. That's what made the ultimate warrior so special to the generation after Hogan. You know, I didn't understand it. Like, man, this dude's trash. But <laughs> by that time I was loving Ric Flair, so it didn't make a difference. But, um, you know, uh, and I even say Bret Hart. I wasn't the biggest Bret Hart fan, but I understood as I got older. Okay, yeah, dude was important. Now, when Shawn Michaels came, guess what? Shawn Michaels was slanging giants. He was slaying giants. It wasn't like he was sitting here wrestling, uh, you know, the guys who were smaller than him, which it would be that today if he was, if Shawn Michaels was wrestling at that size that he had back then, he'd be the biggest guy in the ring most of the time, most of the time. Let's be real today. And people don't understand why these ratings ain't going up. Cause man, look, and the characters trash, trash. Trash. Come on, man. One of these days, I'm gonna get uh, my guy on here, and uh, I think he'll he'll be able to explain it a lot better than me as far as the characters, you know, um, in this business. That uh, something else that NXT really never developed. What Adam Cole? Ooh, the undisputed. Ooh, we'll say why are you undisputed? Why? Why is he? Why is Adam Cole the tiniest guy there, the baddest dude there? Why? Give me a reason. It was there was never no reason. What? Because he can wrestle? Okay, a bunch of people can wrestle, but where's the flash? Where's the flare? Huh? Where's that charisma? Larger than life charisma? I'm still waiting. Anyway. <laughs> oh man, hold up. That's so funny. But uh, where's the charisma? Didn't get it. And that's why a lot of people still ain't getting it to this day down when they're watching AEW. You know, uh, it's like one of my favorite guys in, in PWX is Chief Thunderbear. He's an Indian. Kids love him. Gus the Gardner. Kids love him. The Gardner comes out with his, you know, his, well, I don't want to call it. <laughs> Some kids can be brutal. But uh, he comes out with his hoe. Kids love them. Characters. That's what we do. That's what we should be doing in this business. That's you know at least getting back to that somewhat, because everybody doesn't have to be an average guy with the average name. We can have a Chief Thunderbeer. We can have a Gusta Gardner. We can also have a Seth Rollins, who I think is actually starting to come into his own with what he's doing. It's kind of weird, but guess what? Got some character behind it. And it's working for him. And it's working on television. 
We need more of that. Man. Also, so, uh, you know, not trying to get away from the Triple H thing and the character and NXT, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but what's up with Cody Rhodes, man? He's going home, going back home. Okay. We'll see what happens with that. So we'll talk about that in a later time. Uh, kind of get into my usual. <laughs> it's time for the Tiny Con. Tiny Con update. <sighs> guy won't start running his mouth, of course. But I got a little news, man. Uh, from one of my favorite podcasts, and I guess they're not together anymore, but uh, Mr. Mark Madden, Pittsburgh legend, uh, has been very vocal after the breakup of between him and Ric Flair. Like, it's over now. It's completely over. Ric Flair went back to Conrad Thompson. I'm going to keep my eyes on that soap opera because that's getting interesting. But um, uh, Ric Flair, I mean, Mark, Mark Madden said that Tony Khan uninvited Ric Flair to his birthday party. Like, Rick Flair has never gone to AEW. I mean, like, oh, man, Mark Madden's going off. You need to go to his Twitter page if you haven't yet. Woo! <laughs> heat, baby. Heat. Heat. But all I'm saying is, uh, Tiny Con, please, bro, uh, just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> just shut up, bro. Just shut up, man. Tell some of your 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 your, your talent to shut up to. Uh, I'm sorry, Miss uh, Britt Baker. I love you. You're from Pittsburgh. I'm just trying to, you know, because I ain't trying to got, get no heat with your man's. You know what I'm saying? I see what he's trying to do to Tony Schiavone. People are leave Tony alone. But uh, dude, look, here's the deal. People won't believe. Hold up, hold up. Let me get this right. People won't question if your thumbtacks are fake. If you're not sitting on podcast and doing blog interviews, explaining how you do your matches already. And telling people, hey, yeah, we use cushion for this spot. That's like Penn and Teller. This is what they do. They do their show all night. They got the fans in the palm of their hands. Then they go and do a podcast that night and they tell the people, well, this is how we did that trick. Huh? And then you question why they ask, is the thumbtacks fake? You want to be mad. Why are you looking Shut up. That's your fault. That's your fault. But y'all don't believe. Look, look, I've been trying to tell you this for so long now. Go back and listen to the podcast. It's your fault, man. It's your fault. They're going to continue to question anything y'all do because y'all tell everybody that what y'all doing is fake already. Think about that. Oh, man. It's fun. <laughs> I had to get that ran out because, uh, yeah, dude, I got some other stuff to go. I got some other stuff to go, but um, I'm going to save that for, you know, some later episodes. But anyway, don't forget, go to Angry Kids. 247radio.com. Also go to Pro Wrestling Express, and that's Express with an X. No E. Express.com. Pro Wrestling Express.com. Find out about our upcoming shows with your boy Stefan Devereaux, CEO, uh, what he's got to deal with. Because, man, dude, yeah, these dudes are going crazy. Fight Society's going crazy. I got my man O'Reilly Chambers backing you believe I'm actually 
with O'Reilly Chambers now. Like, that's my dude. I had to call this guy and beg him to come back to pro wrestling in order for me to start taking out these damn Fight Society dudes. Can't believe that. But he's promised that he got this, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, going forward, let me know what you need me to do here. You know, we're, we're doing video. We're also doing, you know, of course, audio. Um, but if you would like me to play some matches on this show, you know what I'm saying? I got no beef, you know, uh, doing it, um, you know, old school Devereaux committee. You know what I'm saying? Let me know if you want me to do some old school Devereaux committee style shows. Besides the ones we're doing now, um, let me know because I have no beef with that. I would love to play some matches with you. And we can come back and comment about it and talk stuff if we got to because, hey, man, it is what it is. <sighs> man, they talk stuff on my product. <laughs> so <laughs> expect it back, baby. Expecting it back. It also gives me a chance to scout talent. So I wouldn't mind if you want to scout talent with me. But don't forget, go to angrykids247radio.com. And uh, I want to thank you for joining us. And we're going to see you next time. We building stuff on Devro, Devro Comedio Pro Wrestling.